How are you doing? My name is Eiler and... Hello. My name is Val. And I like your hat. <laughs> and today we, we are going to listen to the Bible. Good morning, Northgate. I miss you all. This is Jamie. That was a, a nice good morning from my son, Eiler. And I just want to welcome anyone else as well who's joining us on YouTube. Um, yeah, I'd like to share a verse with you guys this morning that has been kind of the theme of my thoughts lately and of a lot of my prayers for friends and family and for myself. It's in Luke 17, 20. It says, Now when he, Jesus, was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. So I get to share this verse and pray with you guys this morning. Um, and as I do, I hope you're reminded that Jesus is with you and that his presence is very real and that you're invited to be with him and to rest with him this morning. So Lord, thank you that you're with us. Thank you for your mercy today, for your patience um, and your gentleness towards us, your long-suffering, Lord. Give us ears to hear your word today. Give us eyes to see. Help us to set our mind and our hearts on you and your kingdom, Lord God. Would your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Lead us in the way of life, Jesus. In your name, amen. Have a great week and enjoy the rest of the service. Good morning and welcome, church. I'm Martine and this is Jason. Um, we just wanted to share with you a song this morning. Um, it's called Graves into Gardens and it's from Elevation Worship and it's brand new and um, you know it's it's not been out very long but we just heard and we've just been playing it and playing it again and again it just filled us with hope and joy and um, in this song at the end we're just declaring some promises of God and I think that's just doing that it kind of makes us feel victorious and uh, my week has been so great because of this song so we just wanted to share it with you and I was looking for a scripture to describe how I was feeling and in Isaiah 61 verse 10 it says I'm overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness I'm like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride with her jewels the sovereign Lord will show his justice to the nations of the world Everyone will praise him. His righteousness will be like a garden in early spring with plants springing up everywhere. So I just want uh, Jay to share what uh, his day was like yesterday. Uh, so I've been um, just in the last week or so, it's been uh, been very frustrated with trying to do business in, in this climate and uh, just kind of feeling down that way and then Martine brought this song to me on the weekend and Monday uh, I was just singing it over and over listening to it on my phone and singing it and uh, the day started off once again as a very frustrating day um, had some disappointing phone calls 
and uh, but just kept praising the Lord through this through this song. And um, by the end of the day, it was uh, it was a totally different day. Everything that had gone wrong at the beginning it worked itself out, and and uh, it, and it ended up being a very productive day. And and it was just I just felt the Lord, say, you know, just saying through this song that uh, he's he's given us these promises that he's always with us and and we'll always turn the the bad in our lives into good and i just wanted to share that with you great so our prayer this morning is that you feel this blessing of god upon and in your lives and in your family just as we have
I'm just looking out into cyberspace. I'm looking at you. Just kidding. We're trying to be funny with the announcements. Last week in announcements, we did the little give. What a challenge. And you guys did awesome. We heard so many testimonies of how many people were blessed by gifts and words of encouragement. So way to go, Northgate. Uh, what a joy that was to see, to give to one another. I want to remind you this week, as usual, that we do have home groups via Zoom, Wednesday encouragement and if you need anything just give us a call or email us and we'd love to talk to you. We want to continue on in the challenges but this week on Wednesday I'm going to be talking about the memorization of scripture. So we want to challenge your family or if you're alone you to memorize God's word to renew your mind because it is such an amazing thing to do. So I brought these two wonderful uh, young ladies here with me. Maybe they memorize a little scripture for us. Miriam, go ahead. Not the verse! Miriam! Okay, I have a verse. Okay. I forget the verse! Uh, John 3, 17. For God did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. She just has to grab a Bible quick. This is us being real in front of you. See, we're not faking it. We had no script. This is all real, so remember Okay. That. So long as 16, 11, you will show me the paths of life. Granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Obviously, we have to work on our memorization, but so do you. That's the <laughs> challenge. So here it is. If you do three verses as a family, if you have children under four, don't worry about it, but everyone above that can do it. If you do three verses you haven't known, you videotape yourself and send it to us, we'll send you a sweet treat or a card, Tim Horton's card, that your family can enjoy and have a nice date out as you have earned it through scripture memorization. Well, good Sunday morning. You might wonder why I'm in the kitchen with this hat. I don't know. I just thought I'd try to be funny. <laughs> Actually, I'm not the chef around here. Amy is, maybe the sous chef sometimes, but Nathaniel made that hat for a little video, so I thought I'd put it on. But I'm actually in the kitchen because I have a little Sunday school lesson 
And I wanted to stand up. Boy, I miss standing up when I preach. Sitting down is okay, but then maybe a little more comfortable standing. So we thought we would try something a little different today. But let's pray and get into God's Word. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us through your Word today. Lord, may we have attentive ears to hear. So I pray this in your name. Amen. Okay, a few challenges. If you've started this video, I just encourage you to finish it all the way. And I know that's a challenge. See, you're not in church and I can't see you get up and leave. But I think if you're like me, sometimes you start something and maybe, oh, that's not interesting. I'll, I'll turn it off or skip to another part. I just don't want you to miss God's word and a little bit of a challenge. If you started here, let's finish up together. I'll try and keep it somewhat short. But if we can sit in church for 25 minutes, half an hour, I think we can sit here for 15 minutes. But we're going to be looking at the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to start a series theming out the book of 1 Corinthians author Paul. But I'm going to read the first nine verses for you this morning. It says, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother. To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all who, in every place, call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Verse 3, if you're following along in 1 Corinthians, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you. For the grace of God, which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything in him, in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you came short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 8, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So I don't know if you know anything about the book of Corinthians, but if you want a little history, you can look into the book of Acts, chapter 18, verses 1 through 17. Paul went there uh, right after he was in Athens, and he met Priscilla and Aquila. They were fellow tent makers. As his normal practice, he would go to the synagogues. The Jews didn't want to hear, so he went to the Gentiles. The city of Corinth itself was quite economically valuable, booming, prospering. It was a few miles away from a port, and so a lot of goods would be shipped through this southern city in Greece. Not only was it economically prospering, it was full of philosophy. They say it was much like Athens, and people would talk much about things and philosophy as well. It was wicked. It was immoral, completely immoral in a lot of ways. The temple of Epaphroditus with thousands and thousands of prostitutes making uh, much money for the temple by going out at night and uh, how that looked it created so much immorality but as Paul was there he was told by the Lord to speak and not be afraid in a vision many people in that city so we see many Gentiles come to know the Lord and Paul is there for a year and a half and great results come and many come to the Lord until he's pushed out by the Jews, and finally leaves uh, at that time a year and a half later. 
When we get to this point, he's writing a letter back to the church after being away from them for many years. And what has happened as the church now has become more like the culture. The culture is affecting the church instead of the church affecting the culture. That sin has come in. We see these Gentiles saved. But these practices in sexuality, economically suing one another, disunity, drunkenness and communion, all of these things are starting and Paul sees it and he's writing this letter of correction. It's not too unlike any urban, maybe rural place we'd see today, even before COVID, economically booming, sexuality, just rampant, everything seems to be okay and allowed, even taught that way. Drunkenness is everywhere. People want pleasure. It's okay. And Paul is saying to the church, no, that's not okay. And he has to correct and, and speak some very hard words to the church. But before he does that, he wants to remind them of their foundation, who they are in Christ. And it's pretty amazing. But as we get going, the first thing, Paul, he is an apostle. And we're going to get to it, but when it says called to be in the Greek, it's in italics in your Bible, the to be, it's not there. So basically it would read, Paul called an apostle. This is who I am. This is my authority. And this is what I'm going to say to you. So he tells them who he is. And then he goes on to tell them who they are. You're the church of God. That's who you are. You're located in Corinth and you are set apart. By Christ Jesus. I love that. That the Old Testament idea of the instruments used in the temple, that they weren't used for everyday sinful things. No, you guys are set apart. You're sanctified. You're cleansed. You're called to be saints. And again, it's not to be. You are called saints. This is who you are. This is the foundation. Years ago, I went to my alma mater, Houghton, in New York, and they were building a new athletic uh, complex, massive complex, uh, indoor tennis courts, uh, indoor track, and all these different things. And I was there teaching at, uh, the Bible at uh, a soccer camp, and I was amazed the bulldozers on the foundation would go over again and again, and they would tamp it down, and again and again, they would tamp it down. And I was there for a week, and I think they must have done it even longer than that, but just again and tamp it down and make it strong. And then they would lay even the cement after they were sure that things were solid and sure. And that's what Paul is doing, laying this foundation of the truth of who they are. Hey, I'm an apostle. I'm here to speak truth. But you guys are the church of God. And in Christ Jesus, because of what he's done, you are saints. And this isn't just to the church of Corinth. This is to us today. And he says that at the end of verse 2, to anyone who calls on the name of the Lord or the name of Jesus Christ, no matter where you are, this truth is for you. So I have my little Sunday school lesson just to maybe start us off. And I'm sure you did this in Sunday school, but I thought it'd be a good reminder here. We are, I think I wrote Jesus and this is the world, the world, dirty, stained culture, uh, Corinth, you might have it. These are believers. And what happens is they have become like the world. They're born into sin. But when Christ comes into our lives, and it's not going to work perfectly, so hold on to me. What we have here is a little bleach, but we're going to pour it in. Is eventually you're going to see, and that's why I did it early in this teaching, it's a little yellow because the bleach is a little red, but it's going to clear up 
The work of Christ cleanses us. It takes this staining red out and makes us clear. And as we're going to see over the course of time, hopefully, I don't know if it's going to work perfectly, but it's going to clear up. And I could even add a little more stain or try to, but over time, I'm just going to keep this up and we'll see. Hopefully it works. If it doesn't, hopefully you get the idea a little bit. But over time, it's going to stay somewhat cleansed because of that bleach. That's what it does. And hopefully it will do that. But anyways, you get the idea. It's not completely red. It's a bit yellow because of the bleach, but it's supposed to be clear. But the idea is that we are stained by the world in birth. Christ cleanses us. And even if the world wants to come into our lives, what happens is that power of Christ, and in this experiment, that power of the bleach continues to work, that we are holy, that we are called saints. What it is clearly is the work of Christ not only has saved us, it is saving us. And why we confess then is to come to that point of realization is, I don't want that in my life. This is who I am. I'm turning back to that and I'm claiming that forgiveness again and again. I read this week that we are completely clean in his eyes, but relationally sometimes we get messed up with a little bit of sin, but we have to come back to the truth of his work and confess and be brought back into that work, which continually cleanses us. I don't know, maybe you had a bad week. Maybe you had a bad month. Maybe you had a bad year. Maybe you're slipping in sin. Maybe like the church in Corinth, as we see from the history of the city and these Gentiles and what's slipping, and as you read through the book, whatever it is, sexuality, suing, economy, uh, drunkenness at communion, all of these things, whatever it is, God's work cleanses us and Paul is calling them in that solid tamp down foundation who they are and we need to hear that today who you are if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and if you don't believe in him and you've never claimed his forgiveness of his work on the cross you're living dirty and junky when that cleansing comes in and as we see it even clearer here, and maybe the color of the cleansing and the bleach, it continually keeps us clean as we turn back to that. It's not to be or not to be. Am I a saint today? Not tomorrow. Not like Shakespeare in Hamlet, to be or not to be. That's not the question. Yeah, you are a saint. And basically, Paul's going to say, live like it. It's all about Jesus. God is faithful in these nine verses. I read eight times the Lord Jesus Christ is mentioned. Six times God is mentioned. That's where we need to cast our eyes in what he's done. And that will change our behavior. There needs to be con conviction and confession to bring us back to the foundation of the truth. But I love it. It's not only that. But we have this unmerited favor of forgiveness and truth and cleansing. But it doesn't stop there. In verse 5, he says, You were enriched in everything in him, in all utterance, in all knowledge. You've been given everything you need for the journey. That's why I have this bag. Maybe I'm on a journey. 
Maybe Chef Dan is on his way. He's, he's on a journey. Well, I am on a journey. It's a spiritual journey. And not only does God call me a saint because of Jesus Christ and his work on the cross, and I keep coming back to that and confessing and, and bringing back things into the light to his truth of who I am, but I've been enriched. I have been blessed with, you know, sometimes you buy a loaf of bread and it's been enriched with vitamins, something a little more to make you healthy. And what have they been enriched in? But by grace of gifts, by all utterances, by gifts of prophecy, gifts of words of wisdom, gifts of knowledge, gifts of healing, gifts of knowing him, the truth of God's word, gifts of love, as he says in 1 Corinthians 13. Hey, listen, there's going to be times you can't do it by yourself. You are going to struggle. But not only am I calling you a saint, I've given you spiritual gifts to get through. So if I get out of my bag and I'm like, man, I can't do it anymore. I'm running tired. And I look in here and I say, I need something to get me through. Bang, my sword. And I have a Bible here, but here's another Bible. And the truth of what it says and the spiritual gifts that God gives me in the Holy Spirit remind me, I'm a little bit of a movie buff, I guess, uh, the Lord of the Rings. When Frodo was going and he met someone, they gave him that, that special bread and those blankets that would disappear. And they were saying, you're going to need these because you're going to get in trouble. And you eat a little of this food, it fills you up. And so here's enough to complete the journey. And it was supernatural, in fact. And here's a blanket that you can hide under when your enemy's looking for you. Go and take these gifts. And the same thing in a picture of Christ is he's come in, he's laid the foundation, and he said, not only that, I've packed some gifts for the church for you. And when done in order, they edify and give strength to finish and do what God has said. Come on, we've all had those experiences where we've run out of juice on our own and God has given us so much more. We're struggling with sin and we say, God, I can't do it. And all of a sudden we receive supernatural power in my life, stepping out in faith and even gifts with people who have been given the gift of giving or the words of prophecy that we needed when we were low or the idea of dreams and these things. It was just something we needed supernaturally given to us by the Holy Spirit. And that's how the church should function. And that's how we should edify one another, speaking truth of who we are as we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Him, this is who we are. And we've been given these things. These are grace gift, enriched, blessed with, made better by these things. I love it. You have come short in no gift, He says, as you eagerly await the return of Jesus Christ. Oh, that would be said of us, the church in general, that we came short in no gift. Corinthians were maybe operating out of order, but you were short in no gift. People were being edified. And for us, hopefully, praise the Lord, in order that you were lifted up when you came to the end of yourself. And you got a supernatural push to defeat sin of what the truth the word of God says, and the spirit coming behind you and pushing you and giving you supernaturally what you need. Beautiful foundation being laid. And at the end of it, I just want to draw your attention to this verse 8 and 9, but I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. It says this, He will keep you strong 
to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this, for he is faithful to do what he says. You've been invited into this partnership in verse 9 with Jesus Christ our Lord, and God is faithful. And God's going to give you the strength you need to be what he's called you to be. Just so heavy on my heart if we're struggling, if we're getting stained by the world, by sin, and you're a believer. I'm talking to believers now. And if there's an unbeliever watching, well, I pray that you come to be a believer. But we are meant to be clean, not like this. But if we have Jesus Christ in us, we need to be reminded that we are cleansed because God is faithful. And God will complete what he started and his truth is real in our life. And we can turn back and confess that junk and say, this is who I am. His peace will flood you. You will be set free in the truth of God's word. And he's writing in authority, telling these people, you are not sexually immoral people to live like that. You are turned back. You need to turn back to the truth of what God has made you. Don't define yourself as sinners and live in this sin of suing one another or being drunk or whatever it is. No, be clean to what you are. And if you're a little dirty, cleanse yourself in the truth. This week I was reminded as Peter, as Jesus went to wash his feet, they were dirty. And he was trying to give them an example. You might remember in the Gospels at the Last Supper, in this time of humility and what it meant. But it became another lesson because Peter said, oh, I won't let you wash my feet, right? And Jesus said, I need to wash your feet. And he said, well, if you're going to wash my feet, wash my whole body. I want it all. And Jesus said, you're already clean. You're clean, but your feet are dirty. And that's it is. We are clean. But sometimes we need to turn our dirty feet back to the truth and wipe them in who we are, that we are clean. And today, if you're struggling in sin, come back to the truth as a believer that you are a saint and you need to walk like a saint in the enriched power of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. God is faithful. This week, I've been missing sports as usual, as you all know. When I started watching this series of the old Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan, I'm not going to get into it. I think I'm going to stop watching it. It's getting a little crazy. But one of the things that just made me sad in a lot of ways is these young kids go to college and there's a sense of purity, but they go to the NBA and all of a sudden there's drugs and alcohol and booze and power and so many of them are sucked into that life. But that's not who they were called to be. But it's this life of you know popularity and success that's just sucking them in and you can just see it in their eyes and I even read a little bit about their lives and three divorces, four divorces, and this one's being sued for that and this and thinking that they're above this, but yet that's not the case. It's almost the environment was changing them. And I don't want that to be the case as believers in Jesus Christ. We are to be different. We are saints. We're not sinners. 
And we need to live in that truth in God's power because God is faithful. And we're going to see next week in verse 10, he's going to plead with them to be what they're called to be. And this is every epistle, by the way. Paul is always laying the foundation. This is who you are. Now the practical. Let's turn that in view of God's mercy. Be holy. Be a living sacrifice, right? Whether it's Ephesians. These are all your spiritual blessings. You're sitting in the heavenlies. Don't, you know, clean up your marriages, right? Uh, clean up how you deal with your children. Clean up. Don't lie, right? Walk in the Spirit. This is what we're called to be today. May the Lord help us. And may we be reminded in his truth to be clean because that's what he's made us. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, would you just speak into our life now? I just pray that your Holy Spirit would be working even though it's so difficult. Oh, through a camera. But God, you can do that through the power of your spirit. Just minister to us. Remind us who we are as we're believers in you. Remind us of the gifts we have in the church or even in our life. Those things, those grace gifts to get us through, to help us, supernatural things to live for you. And God, this day we claim that you are faithful. You are good. You are faithful. You're going to present us without blame because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And today, if you're struggling in sin and you know it, and even through this screen, I pray the Holy Spirit would convict you. Would you turn back? Would you cleanse those feet in the truth of truly who you are? Would you walk different? Well, we need to confess. We need to lay that burden down. We need to know the truth that we are forgiven and that we are free. God, do that work in me and anyone who's watching and if you're not a believer today, you're dirty. Sin has got a hold of you. And the Holy Spirit can convict you of that. You know that you're not perfect. But Jesus Christ, the gospel is, came, died, and he's forgiven you of your sins, but you need to receive and claim that. You need to believe in that. And your life will be different. You'll be set free. You see, sin is bondage. It enslaves us. But God has sent Jesus to set you free. Praise the Lord. If that's you, Stephen, in your heart, believe it, in your mouth, confess it. And let someone know. Email us here or call us or another Christian friend, call them up. But for the rest of us, may we be reminded of who we are and to live who we are because God is faithful. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. You all have a great week. Be blessed. Be praying for one another. And we'll see you next time.